Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back. My guest this week is Donna Ferris. Donna is an author and a coach who helps people with transformation and an author of the book, We've Got to Stop Meeting Like This, which I'm actually reading right now, and it is very good. Donna is going to share with us how she got into her sober journey and the tools that have helped her the most. Welcome to the podcast, Donna. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's a great honor to be here. Oh, I'm delighted to meet you. Uh, it's interesting when you start reading uh, the story of someone before you even meet them. It's like, oh, I'm you know, kind of, you know, I have a book too, but <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm a little bit meeting a celebrity, but you're an excellent writer. And I'm really excited to hear uh, more about your story. But first, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are and uh, where you live, you know, how long you've been sober, things like that about your family, anything you want to share? Sure. Um, well, I've been sober for a little over a year, um, so uh, been a wonderful uh, year so far, uh, taking everything one day at a time. But um, I think because I just ahead. want to, so I just want to say, so March, that's like 2021. That's right in the middle of the pandemic. It was, and I think the pandemic helped me. I mean, I think it helped me see um, the drinking. So I think before that, I really had no idea how much I was drinking. And then all of a sudden when I was home um, and that first day when we were all set home and I'm sitting at the grocery store, standing at the grocery store, uh, looking at my cart, I had, you know, like four cartons of almond milk and six bottles of Chardonnay. So, you know, with all this lettuce and all this other stuff, so all this wellness stuff, you know, that I'm pretending to wow. be well and healthy. And then I, you know, I couldn't unsee the six bottles of Chardonnay. So, and then within the, the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, I had, uh, I would join five different wine clubs. So I had all these boxes of wine coming because I was scared to go to the state store, which is what we have in, the, in Pennsylvania where I'm from. So um, so it was very quick. Uh, I couldn't unsee that. It didn't make me sober that day. But I, you know, when, when I saw that, because of all the work I've done with yoga teaching and meditation and, and so forth, make, you know, becoming aware of what I'm doing in life, um, uh, I, you know, this was something I, I, I couldn't deny. It really, um, when you're on a wellness journey like that, it's, it's just the next step, whether exactly. you're an alcoholic or not, almost it's like, yes. it's sort if you're going to be mindful, if you're going to meditate, you need to have your brain cells firing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the big things with, um, the yoga therapy, um, certification and training I did is looking at how things affect your body. And so I, I was already kind of doing that even before that moment, I was saying, okay, well, I get angrier when I drink and I was writing this book and I could look at the different things and I could say, I flipped out, you know, at the end of my divorce party, you know, <laughs> because I was realizing that this was stupid to have a divorce party and I'm drunk and, you know, talking like this to all my friends and I can look back on it and be embarrassed about that and then start to look at all those things. But even though you see that, you're not really willing to take the next step, which is to say goodbye to oh, alcohol. It's hard. You don't think you can. You don't think no, you can. No, no, you don't think you can. I know that feeling. And so do our listeners. 
We yeah. know how hard it is to say, I, I can't live without it. And yet I can't live with it anymore. It's a horrible conundrum. This, this stress and tension within ourselves. It's really, it's hard. It's hard, but here's what we know. It never gets better. If you keep drinking. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And I think there's also a lying that you do to yourself. At least that that's how I felt. I I was kind of lying to myself about about it. Right. And it was a lack of confidence around that. So, um, so, so exactly. I think, you know, I wrote this book about um, this three year time of my life where I um, got divorced. Uh, I was betrayed first and then I got divorced. And then um, within a, about a year and a half, um, I lost one person and then I lost another person oh. in pretty quick succession. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the story started off as being this, you know, divorce journey and kind of it was funny and I had online dating and, you know, rescuing dogs and all these different things and it was really fun. And then this, you know, these, these losses started to hit. And um, luckily I was doing this yoga therapy training at the same time. So I was applying all these awareness and meditation and Reiki training and, um, you know, uh, different types of trauma response things to what was happening to me. And I rolled all that into this story, which um, I could have written a workbook that I could have written, you know, more of a reference. Um, and, and, my, and my writing teacher kept saying to me, which is it going to be? Which shelf are you going to be on? <laughs> you know, are you going to be on the memoir oh, shelf? I know. Are you going to be on self-help shelf? And I was like, can't I be on both? I mean, I kind of want to do both. <laughs> and, and this is what we came up with. We wrote a story that has, you know, been pretty well received. I think, you know, people enjoy reading it. They, they, it's a love story, um, a multiple love story, second chance love story, but it also, you know, goes, I go through some stuff. Um, so and- let's, let's, let's just, um, you know, not back up really, but let's start there. I want to hear, like, why don't you share in, you know, five minutes or 10 or whatever, but what is your story? What happened to you and how did you, figure out you were, you know, you had a drinking problem and, and finally end up quitting. But like, what happened? Well, I went through this, this period and I wrote the book and the way I found out, I really kind of decided to become sober is kind of interesting. You know, I, I, um, I was in COVID. Uh, I made the decision that I was going to publish this story. That was going to be the one thing that was going to come out of COVID. So I had it down to a draft. I was showing it to beta readers. Um, and one of the beta readers uh, read it and came back with, you know, she gave me a long email and I wasn't ha- very happy with the email because she was right a lot of, on a lot of things, but I, I wasn't really ready for it. And then we had a Zoom call and she, she looked at me and she said, you know, and the other thing that I'm really disappointed in is you didn't really write or flesh out your drinking problem. And, oh boy. And I wasn't, I had never said I had a drinking problem. There was a ton of internal dialogue I think around this, you know, all the things we were talking about before, you know, uh, you know, counting how many drinks I was going to have at night and then blowing through them, um, you know, and then some and all that stuff. But I'd never said it out loud. I mean, nobody around me. I mean, most of the people around me drank the way I did, um, except for um, my close family, which did not. So anyway, long story short, um, I the next, I guess, three days later, I was listening to Dan Harris's 10% 10% happier podcast and he had on Annie Grace and uh in the middle of the sidewalk in my hometown with my dog you know dragging on my on his leash um I stood there and and um got became part of the the alcohol experiment and um 
that was March 1st. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause she does have that. It's like, well, just try it. Just try going without it. There's no, doesn't mean forever. It's just like today, you know, like that's exactly. awesome, awesome way to, we call it even just sober curious. Let's just exactly. try it. Good for you. But I want to get to the story. <laughs> like what yes. you have daughters, you had this yes. family. How yes. did that materialize? How did you, when did you meet him and fall in love? Like what happened? Sure. So, um, I, so I'm on my second marriage now. Um, the first marriage I was married for about 20 some years, um, and I had two children, um, and both one is graduated now and one is still in, in college, uh, two daughters. Congratulations, um, by the way, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is not to be, yeah, it is not to be, um, downplayed at all. And then I have two dogs, um, and I live in Philadelphia and I live also in North Carolina. Um, we have a house in North Carolina that we met. Nice. And, um, but yeah, so, uh, through the course of three years, which we talked about before, um, I met this man and then I was not married to, and I was not right for this, for him <laughs> at the time, uh, met another lovely man. Um, and that, uh, did not work out for some other reasons, but, um, and then, and then had the second chance love story with, with the first man that I met after I got divorced. So, um, so yeah, that it's one of those things where I think that when I first met him, I wasn't really, you know, in a good place. I wasn't really aware of myself. I think we talked earlier, like, you know, sometimes I think you can be a, I don't know if it was just the drinking. I think it was a lot of things. I think it was, a, I had a difficult childhood and, um, you know, I had a lot of demons to kind of work out, which, which I did in the course of these things that I went through, but also because of yoga therapy and, and meditation and having to really uncover and face a lot of things that I was doing in my life. Um, you know, I think we, we get to that point sometimes. We know something's wrong, but we can't identify what it is, but we're really unhappy. Um, yeah. And I certainly was that way. So that's what I, I've only, again, read, you know, like maybe the first four chapters of the book. But what I understand is that you're in this relationship and there's a lot of, there's some love that's been lost. Like it's not a great dynamic relationship, um, but you guys are very affluent and you travel around and you have this great job and he's got a great job and you got these kids and get along great with the older daughter. And so as, um, as you're traveling, you're drinking a lot and, mm -hmm. and also dealing with him. And then you found out about his infidelity. Yeah. And that's when you said, okay, I think it's over. Why didn't I leave him this time or that time or this time? It's been 22 years, but there's probably been three or four other opportunities to exit this relationship, but you didn't. And then you, but you had just started getting into this yoga teacher training. So what made you decide to go to yoga teacher training? You must've just been bored or what happened? Well, I, I think I was, my father had been a minister, so, um, oh. and he had died um, when I was only 25. So, and that, that made spiritual things really painful for me, right? Church was kind of painful because I really missed him. So, 
I think this was an opportunity for bring spirituality back into my life in some okay. form. Yes. You know, I always loved the wisdom of of religion. I love, you know, I was always interested in Buddhism and all all different religions. And my father was Presbyterian minister, but he believed that there was a lot of wisdom in all of the the religious um, works. So, you know, I was always intellectually interested in it. Um, what was great about yoga, though, is it, you know, it also brings in the physical, too. So mm-hmm. um, I came into it thinking it was all going to be about philosophy, which I loved. And then and I didn't believe anything in like any anything about energy or, you know, what things were would be, you know, how your body would be affected by, um, you know, movement practices. But but through the course of the of the book and the and my journey, I that changes. Um, and, and I believe, you know, in energy and I'm you know that that we don't when people die uh, because of my experience and I have evidence to it because uh, I saw it um, that we don't lose them that they stay in our lives through energy and that was very reassuring to me so I think um, for those who have lost uh, loved ones um, the book is rather um, I think comforting I found a lot of people have been very comforted by by what I what I share because, um, and what I still share, I share it in, you know, on, on social media and my writing, um, you know, the things that I keep seeing, um, and so the impact me, of them. Tell Sorry. me about your writing. So you must, sure. uh, cause like that wasn't, I don't believe the occupation you were in sales or something. And then you yes. got into yoga teacher training and you're doing this writing and journaling. And now you're a coach and, you know, helping other people to go through transformation. Tell me about this yoga uh, writing first. Yeah. I want to hear Absol- about that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, writing for me has always been an outlet. I think Brene Brown is, uh, says, oh, yes. um, she says, um, I do love her. Um, and she says, try to find things that make you forget about time. Try to do things that make you forget about time. And for me, writing makes me forget about time. It, uh, I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's an outlet for me. Um, you get into the flow. Exactly. And then you can share your story. Um, and maybe I, I went through the elephant journal. Um, it's an online publication. They have an Academy and it's all Buddhist oriented and focused on um, helping others. May it be a benefit is their tagline. And um, that really appealed to me. Uh, so I got into their academy during all this, you know, I think it was probably soon after I got divorced. Um, I started to write about about that and publishing it on their site. And then um, I took their academy and then helped other writers uh, over the course of the next year and a half to, you know, to also share their stories. And then oh, I've cool. been writing there too as well. So um, it's been really helpful for me. And I well, do writing yeah. workshops now. So a lot of my coaching um, outside of the corporate world is in workshops. So workshops okay. on writing, workshops on managing change with grace. Um, you know, I have a bunch of different workshops because um, I'd like to. I so feel you're like a teacher, the, trainer. Yeah, I want to teach. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I got the teaching from my dad. You know, he was a, you know, ministers are basically teachers and leaders. Yeah. And, and so that was, um, I always wanted to be like him, I think. So, so those those things are, are just in honor of him. Have you ever read Carolyn Miss's book, Sacred Contracts? I have not. I, she, I just did the inner MBA. Have you heard of this from Sounds True? No. And she was, she, I have it on my list of things to buy. She was, she came and presented to us. It is so um, good. I'm she's doing so good. Yeah. I'm doing sacred contracts, like read, not readings, but like uh, little workshop, mini workshops, uh, VIP oh. half day sessions with people and the archetypes that 
accompany us on our life journey and what they have to teach us are so prevalent, but it sounds like you already know what some of your, I mean, I know, I can tell what some of your archetypes are. Already. <laughs> I bet you can. I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've been typed by the, you've been in corporate America in the, like some of the different ones, like I'm a driver and you're like, you know, this, you know, yeah. you're red I'm, on I'm some a personality of those expert myself. So I, oh, I, you, you, I know them all. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, I bet you do. And I think it's a great, I think it's a great thing to do. I use it. I use some of like some of the, um, this with, with the people that work with me. Um, but I, I want to get that book. So I'm glad I'll, I will take that. Um, I'll put it in the show notes sure. too, for anybody else who wants to, um, peruse it. It's just so amazing. But anyways, it sounds like you, I'm thinking you would really love that one, Donna. So, all right. So oh, keep going. You. Sorry. But so now you're writing, everything's flowing through you. You're helping people, you're running retreats. And it's funny that one of the people who read your, read your book said, uh, there's something you're not looking at here. That's exactly right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, I, and I've written more than once Yogi Hill yourself, because I, I think for me anyway, I'm really good at seeing um, and helping other people and kind of identifying that thing, but it's harder for me to see it in myself. It um, always is. I'm very that, intuitive for other people. I help them all the time to have breakthroughs. And then I, I get stuck on something. I need a coach too. I, it's not yeah. always so easy with ourselves for sure. Yeah. And I had a loss this week actually. And I talk, I, I do a lot of, I do a lot on grief uh, workshops. I help people oh. with grief. It's a big, it's a big part of my, um, you know, I give back because it was a, such a big thing for me. Um, and uh, I had, a, I, I, we lost our dog yesterday oh, and I was devastated. Um, so and I had to like, thank you. I, I thank you. And I, I, um, I'm going to try not to, to tear up, but I, right. but it was, it's, it's really fresh. And I had to immediately, you know, step back for a moment and just sit because I could feel myself. I tried to, I tried to start work. And I start, start, I tried to start doing things and I could feel the, you know, the anger that can come up when you're, when you're grieving, like the, the shortness and the inability to be patient and graceful. Right. And I was immediately, you know, thrown back and I said, okay, you know, I know it's happening. I need to, to take time for myself and take some self-care. And I cleared my calendar um, and I just stayed, you know, close to the emails, but I just didn't get in front of people because I knew I just didn't have the patience because I was, I was hurting. Um, well, when so those you're are vulnerable things... like that and you're grieving and it's right there, it's really hard. I'm, I'm going to tell you this very quick story on this past weekend. I went to a memorial for one of my clients whose mom passed and I didn't know her, but I wanted to, you know, pay my respects and honor him. He, I knew he was going to be speaking there and he, they put on this like um, you know, where people were sharing and so many people in his family shared, I felt like I totally knew her at the end of it, but, and she would have been one of my peeps. And, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful woman, beautiful ceremony. And I honestly, I cried through the whole thing because it brings up all of our old losses. Right. And I'm yep. thinking, well, my mom is 87. You know, she's not going to be on the planet too much longer. The next day was going to be is was Mother's Day. And I was just feeling the pain for even um, my own daughter, who is got a family now and four children and is going through her own stuff, just feeling like the grief of the loss of, of just not being her mom that she needs anymore. Right. Yeah. Anyways, the long and the short of it is the next day I went to my AA meeting and I walked in and there's probably, 
you know, 35, 40 people in the room and people were coming in. And plus my husband's been sick for a while, getting over this lung um, infection and uh, it's taken longer than we want. And so just things just kind of piled up. Anyway, somebody comes in and hugs me and says, she says her mom's in hospice and I lose it. I just start crying. And then the next person comes and sees me crying and she just hugs me. And then she looks at me and says, I don't need to know. And she walks away and, and it's like, good. Cause I don't really want to talk about her. And I started, I did share in the meeting. I was like the second person to share. And I ball, I just, I, I was sobbing and I'm never, I have 37 years. Of, I'm so pretty stable. I'm like one of the happiest people they know. And here I am just like losing it. This is important to sometimes be vulnerable with your support group and your people and let them know how you're feeling. And as leaders, as leaders, we have got to take that kind of care of ourselves, set the boundaries, shut the door or open the door and let people in like whatever it is that you need. Um, so, so super important because you just sometimes can't be there for other people. You need to receive, you need to get the support and the love that you need when you're going through stuff like that. So tell me a little bit more about how do you help people to get through grief and what do you suggest is the best way? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing I I, I talk about is self care. So really, those the, the things we're talking about, and in that, um, and making sure that you're, uh, you know, immediately when you're facing a loss, um, to immediately think about yourself in terms of sleep and eating. Oh yeah, and um, taking time away stepping outside to see the sunrise or sunset or a flower, getting into nature very quickly. When I was in grief group, that was one of the things that they said, like, change your room, change, you know, try to get outside, but like, but at least change the room. And I always think of it as my, my, you know, when my kids would get croupy, like you'd move them into another room to get different atmosphere. It changes the energy um, when you do that. Um, like the feng you know, the shui, thing, just move feng, things around in the move room. Move things right? around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it it's important, it you know, to do that. Hmm. It really does. And then, you know, that's the big the big first thing I think that for people. Um, and then, um, like you said, as you're ready, share it. You know, as you're ready, um, you know, bring other people in. Let them know where you are. And um, and and that's not just for yourself. It's not just to get the the support from them but also i think it's important that people know because you're going to be different you know yeah. like i think today i had a meeting with my team at work and i i i went through our normal meeting and i was able to kind of hold it together and i didn't want it to be the dominant topic but at the end i said look i said this is what's happened to me um i am a little vulnerable i'm a little teary i said i'm i'm going to do my best to be graceful i said but if you think me if you see me acting out of sorts if not the way i normally would act please help me with that you know please let me know what's happening and help me in the in the situation because i'm in a ton of meetings all the time and i want to be at my best at my best but there's a possibility that i will snap i mean yep. <laughs> you know, and i don't want to do that i mean i don't want to you know i and i also don't want to take myself completely out of things so it's it's figuring that out so i think it's really important to kind of give people a heads up if you're going to be around people that that you're going through that um, for all the reasons. But I think for, for me, it's, it, that's a big one that I learned um, to do. Um, yeah, because people will also they will they will blend, they will step back, they will hold 
you know, it's emotional intelligence. Some people never will. They don't give a crap. They just come and, you know, barge in your office. But other people will be like, you know, I need to ask or talk to her about this, but maybe this can wait till next week. It's okay. Or, you know, yeah. Exactly. So for exactly even just even coming home and saying, you know, honey, I've just had a bad day. You know, I need some quiet time. Let me, you know, if I snap at you, please don't take it, you know, personally or whatever. It helps. It really does. It does. Because they give you the space, you know, to, and, yes. and, and they will. So, because when you know somebody's going through something, if they snap at you, you don't yell at them, right? You say, oh, hey, how about we go watch whatever show that you like to watch? Or maybe like my husband said to me last time, so are you going to take a bath tonight? You know, because, and because he knew that I needed that, like I needed yeah. that time. Um, the other thing that I, I do tell people that are grieving, um, which was extremely helpful for me, is develop some sort of a routine around um, around the grief. So what I would do is in honor of the, of the one person I lost is every day I would post um, a, an inspirational meme on uh, Facebook and Instagram, oh, yeah. which was a way for me to honor them, but also a way for me to reach out to people. And, it, and you know, it is usually what I'm feeling at the moment. So sometimes the responses can be really interesting. Donna, are you okay? Um, and I'll get that yeah. a lot, but it's important. And a lot of times it's funny too, but it's, it's important for me to do that. That was in honor of him. And it was also um, to help me get up. It was something that I had to do. Um, I've talked to other people that have made their bed as their daily um, honoring and um, just getting out of bed, basically thing. Um, a lot of people have different things, but for me, that was that was really helpful. Um, and I think it's been helpful for a lot of people to kind of have that honoring uh, thing to do. And you can change it each month. I mean, you can say for this month, I'm going to do this and next month I'm going to do this. But I think that's really, really helpful. Um, yeah, I, I get out of bed. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's honoring your grief honoring yourself, the more you stuff it, the longer it takes, the yes. more you feel it, then, you know, the easier it gets to just feel it when the waves come. And, um, and then, you know, it's not about moving on. It's about learning to live without your person. And, yeah. uh, and at, at this stage of my life, you know, I, I, I did this little silly thing today. I created, I created a little Excel spreadsheet. So imagine this, there's a hundred lines and 52 across columns. So there's one week for every year of a life, my life say, and then I colored in all of the, the tiny boxes of all of the weeks that I've lived so far up to my age, which is 61. And oh, it, wow. and you could see, and then I put from 90 to a hundred, I colored in pink because I hope to live to 90. Who knows like how long we're going to live. Right. And if I live to a hundred that those are bonus, those are little bonus years, <laughs> bonus but, years, but it I shows it. me that I have, you know, if I'm thinking of living till 90, that I've lived two thirds of my life mm -hmm. and how do I want to live? And what are, you know, cause we never know is this the last time I'm going to be, I don't know, recording a podcast or is this the last time I'm going to be changing my, my little grandson's diaper? Is this Aww. the last time, you know, I remember the last time 
I thought it was, you know, is this going to be the last time my daughter ever holds my hand when she was like 11 or something? And you don't think about those things when they're happening. You only think about them in retrospect. But if we listen, this is gets us into a little bit of talking about the yoga, the mindfulness of staying in the moment and thinking, you know, even if there's a storm raging, we know that this too shall pass. So enjoy yeah. the storm. It's like even the adversity, um, even this weekend when I was all weepy, I went to visit my mom in the afternoon. And as soon as I saw her, I started crying because I was, my heart was open. I, I just was weepy yeah. all day. And it was so wonderful to just have her even feel like, oh, she gets to comfort me. How often does that happen? No, it doesn't happen very often where she gets to do that. So we're giving little gifts every time we allow ourselves to share a deep aspect of ourselves with others. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I so, wonder how much of the of the opening that you were having was related to all the moon, the moon and everything. We, we, you know, there's oh. a lot going on. It'd be interesting to to look into that. Um, yeah, I think that's true. It, there was a lot going on. I think in the eighth and the ninth, there was a lot going on astrologically. I'm not. I am no expert at it. I just listened to a lot of not a lot of them. I listened to several of them, um, and I think that it was big. Uh, okay. So anyway, that, that's yeah, it could be because I, you know, I am. I know we're all affected by the moon. I think that there's giving moons and there's taking moons, but when right. when whenever it is that we really have to feel something, we don't get to choose. It's just no. it's time to feel it, um, and that's why I think we drank because we oh, didn't yeah. want to feel it and Very we, good. or we I numbed I was a right. number number big right. number <laughs> big number and I think <laughs> um and I'll say you know yesterday you know my my daughter um there was a couple people in the house and they do drink and they left wine and I had poured the wine out before um this happened with my dog and I'm glad I did um oh, yeah. you know because I'm so new at at this um you know I I don't still get the cravings off. Yeah. I still get the craving. I was, it, 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 you know, it would have been there. And I think, it, you know, who knows? I, I, and I, I don't get as many as I used to, you know, but I, I, it's there. I mean, I, I can't, I can't deny it. You so. can't deny it. I mean, it's been 37 years and about a week ago, I had a drunk dream. I had a dream that I had lost my sobriety. I didn't even remember it. And I remember the shame of having to tell my group of women that I've been meeting with for over 30 years that I no longer had, you know, I had to pick up like a new chip or whatever. And I woke up and I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I was that I still, you know, have what I have. It never really goes away. You have to have constant vigilance on that little, you know, that, that inner critic in our heads that tells us, oh, it's okay. It's, you can yeah. do that but it's not. And, you know, at this point you can live without it. It's the best thing because it will only, it will only hurt you in the end. Um, Absolutely. good. So Absolutely. we're getting ready to wrap up here. Is there anything else you want to, any message you want to get out to our audience here? And also the last thing you want to say, and, and how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. I think, um, I like to share that. I think you, you can, if you have anything in your mind that you really want to do, you can do it. I think intention is big. I, I didn't, we didn't really talk a lot about that today, but if you look at all the things that happened to me in my, in my story and in the things that we talked about today, I set an intention. Um, it may not have been, um, you know, I may not have thought I needed that intention set, but I set an intention. You know, when I discovered my husband 
was cheating on me, um, I used that and said, okay, my intention is to move on and find love. And I did it not once, but twice, even though, wow. um, you know, it, the one time, you know, it fell apart and the second time fell apart. I, I found love in the end. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I think that, um, that wasn't, I'm not special at, at that. I think that we don't always put out in the universe what we want. And, and I'm a big believer in doing that. Um, and then, and also not being too, too, uh, you know, difficult about how it comes out. Like it may not turn out the way you expect. You know, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad that you said that because intention we say is everything, but if you let fear stop you, you will never achieve what it is that you know you need to have and that you deserve to have in your life. So it's like following or, or working through the fears to keep moving towards, um, helping the universe deliver what you intend and what you want in your life. Cause it's really, yeah. So that's the thing. You didn't let fear stop you. You just kept no. moving forward one foot at a time. And I kept making stretch goals. You know, I kept mm-hmm. saying, okay, I want to write a book. And then, you know, I want to write a book that people actually read. <laughs> so, you know, I did that. You know what I mean? I like, I, I, but all of that was, you know, I started out by just writing little blogs and writing little articles and, and I brought all that into a book. And so I'm just saying that you just never know how it's going to start. You just have to kind of take the step. And I know it sounds like a lot of people say that, but it's really, really all it takes. You can do one step a day and, you know, you never know how that's going to all end up. Well, the truth um, is, and- if you never give up, you will get there. It's you will true. get there. Yeah. Go the extra mile. No one's there. Um, and I, 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 um, if you want to follow me, um, I'm on social media uh, and Instagram. Um, um, it's the, uh, you follow me at, at down dog diva. Um, that's down dog diva. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Donna Yates Ferris. Uh, so you can just do at, if you want to find me on Google, you can Google Donna Ferris yoga and you will find me. Uh, my books on Amazon. It's uh, in Barnes and Noble. Find. You know, I hope you will come find me. Well, yes, and I'm putting all of this in the show notes. So all you have to do is go to show notes and click on this. It's it's really good book. I highly recommend it, everyone. So thank you, Donna, so much for being on the show today, and I look forward to having another conversation with you soon. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters. Thank you.